This episode of Calgary Basement Sessions is sponsored by Cornerstone Music Cafe. For more information on Cornerstone, visit cornerstonemusic.ca. Hey, welcome to Calgary Basement Sessions. I'm Ben Price. And I'm Ben Montgomery. And today we're talking to Aaron Pollock, who you might recognize. Uh, Aaron Pollock is a Calgary-born country artist. i got to start again because it's in there. I said his name. Calgary-born country artist Aaron Pollock is a storyteller with a modern flair. With over 500 songs in his catalog, Pollock is is establishing himself as one of the most sought-after songwriters in the Canadian industry. It's true. He's on everything. Uh, Teaming up with Juno Award-winning producers Spencer Shane and Justin Cutting, Brett Kissel's producer, Jocelyn Alice, uh, Leaving Thomas. That's all that's in there. It's all in uh, brackets. Leaving Thomas. We'll we'll talk about it. Uh, Pollock's latest single, Don't Drink Whiskey Anymore, I Don't Drink Whiskey Anymore, is out everywhere via Believe Digital and all streaming services. Uh, With a mellow hook and heartfelt lyrics, the track is the perfect song to listen to on a summer night with friends or uh, to be quietly enjoyed in solitude with a tempered beat that hits you in all the right places. Which is better now because summer's almost over. It's, mm-hmm. it's getting chilly pretty, out there. It's pretty much over, yeah. uh, no stranger to collaboration, Pollock has shared the stage with heavy-hitting artists, including Brett Kissel, Jocelyn Alice, and Sean Hook. As a co-writer, he achieved his first iTunes number one with All Over It by Ben Chase, Numero uno. which topped the iTunes country chart in January 2019. Welcome, Aaron. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be here. Oh, at, even after I butchered the, the bio, you're still happy to be here. You did a pretty good job. <laughs> Thanks. Thought, yeah, there's there's a lot in there. What about yeah, I know. <laughs> what good. About, there is a lot in there, and we have a lot to talk about, right? Aliens <laughs> included. <laughs> Lizards. Here we go. <laughs> wow. Right, so first things first. Your first iTunes number one with All Over It by Ben Chase. Yeah. That must have been an awesome experience, yeah. man. Congrats, by the yeah, way. Yeah, congrats. That's awesome. it's, thank you. It, w- it was really cool. It was cool because uh, I wrote that song with Ben and two of my really good friends, Adam Dowling and Maddie McKay. Um, Adam plays drums for George Canyon. Maddie plays guitar for Brett Kissel. Cool. And wow. uh, Ben's just a good buddy of mine, and we had like a really fun time writing it. And uh, it was really cool. Like, an, an iTunes number one is obviously not the same as a radio number one. It's not quite as big a deal, but it's still a number one. And uh, yeah, you know, no one can take a number one away from you. Yeah. And like, it's it was just a you know a cool milestone as a songwriter. I'd never had any achievement sort of like that before, and to have it with three really good buddies of mine was awesome. Definitely, That's yeah, awesome. yeah. The other thing is, you put that on your website. A normal person doesn't know that an iTunes number one isn't the same thing as a radio number yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, if you're trying to sell yourself to someone, they don't know. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Cu- we'll, we'll cut that out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, just uh, just having number one on your website, you know, like people are like, oh, number one, number one. Seriously, when I do when I do tour in Edmonton, it's a really big thing for rating things. So when I do like the fringe circuit, oh cool, um, they people want to see stars on your poster. It doesn't matter where they're from. If you have five stars on there and it's like my mom, they don't care. They're just like, ooh, five stars. You must be good. Five stars. Yeah, yeah. Balf Alberta Times. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Whatever it is, make it up. Give it to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. one knows. And he is a four star performer. You know, it's true. So, yeah. Three and a half at best. Three and a half, yeah. yeah. I, I push. Yeah. Still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <Don't> you there. <laughs> yeah. No one can take a three and a half star away from you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> they struggle to, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Fight you. <laughs> I'll fight you for it. Uh, so you, you were nominated twice as a co writer in the Song of the Year category at the 2019 Association of Alberta Country Music Awards. 
Um, and that was for All Over It by Ben Chase and Hands on My Body by Mariah Stokes. Correct. Holy moly. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, I've, I've never been nominated myself for an ACMA award, but like it was cool to be nominated for like as a songwriter for other songs that I'd been a part of. And like it was really cool to have two nominations in the same category too, which I didn't end up winning, but like it was just a, another cool milestone as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, even though I might not have been nominated for anything, I still feel like I was kind of got some recognition, which is always really nice to have. 100%. You can put that on your website. Yeah. Just beside that number one. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, nominated. Yeah, it's on my longer bio. I sent you guys my shorter versions. So. <laughs> nominated. Yeah. Nominated. Yeah. Nominated. Awesome. yeah. Yeah, it says in your bio as well, you have 500 songs in your catalog. Yeah, that just means I've written over 500 uh, in my history of all the songs I've ever written, which I, I started counting basically when like 2015, maybe. Wow. And it was like, yeah, thanks, man. I, I've been writing a lot of songs for a lot of years because like uh, my view... I, I can give you a little background, I guess, how mm. I came to do that, please I guess. Do. Um, do. And, like, my background as a musician. So I started off uh, playing rock and roll music. Um, uh, and it was it was a bit all over the place. Like, it went from being, you know, heavily, like, bluesy, John Mayer influence. Mm. Um, like, even Guns N' Roses influence when I was younger. Nice. To more, like, sublime reggae rock style influence. <laughs> Did you see reggae rock style? Reggae rock, <laughs> yeah. like, sublime, Ill Scarlet, that kind of music. That's Love where I grew that, up. Man. That's what I was playing in like my late teens, early twenties, and uh, I wound up playing in this uh, contest called Indie Week in Toronto. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. and I made it to the finals, which was sweet. Wow! Um, and one of the judges told me after, like, we didn't do very well in the finals, or like, <laughs> you make it to the top three, but that was okay. You were uh, in a band in that situation? Uh, it was just under my name. Oh, I used okay. to be in a band called the Canards, okay, which okay. was like a reggae rock band. But okay. I eventually just rebranded to myself because. Okay. The guys that were playing with like had other careers and stuff, mm-hmm. and it was only me sort of really pursuing it. So, yeah, sure, for sure. Um, uh, one of the judges in Indie Week was like, "Hey, Aaron, like you, you sounded great up there. Just like I got some feedback for you. If you're open to it, we should Skype some time." The guy's name is Brian Moncars. He's a producer out of Toronto. Really nice guy. Mm-hmm. And we skyped, and he was like, "Yeah, you sound great. You sing great, but like your songwriting is like you know needs a lot of work. It's very all over the place. Like I don't really know what you're trying to do. Like it made me realize, like holy crap." <laughs> This guy's right. Like, my songs aren't good. Like, <laughs> oh, I, no. I, I, I sort of, like, subscribe to the Anthony Kiedis for a style of songwriting. For those of you who don't know, that's the singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. And uh-huh. he just kind of, like, writes the most random stuff, and it's all <laughs> metaphorical. And, like, mm-hmm. I just kind of thought, like, oh, I can just write these really obscure songs that are all metaphorical. People might not understand what they mean, but, like, they sound cool. Mm-hmm. And then once Brian talked to me, I was like, oh, no, there's actually some more work that goes into this. Like... <laughs> It's a very intense craft. Uh, so I started like reading any books I could find and started co-writing with whoever I could. And that's actually when I started doing country music because I realized like I came across, you know, country and just sort of dived into it more um, and realized like, holy crap, this is the genre where the lyrics are literally the most important thing mm-hmm. and more than so than any other genre. And yeah. um, I've always been like, I started writing poetry as a little kid and like the lyrical aspect of music has always really spoken to me. And I kind of realized like, maybe this is what I meant to do as an artist and songwriter, just like, you know, focus on this part. Uh, so back then I just started songwriting. Um, so that was like 2015 and writing with whoever I can. And mm-hmm. just, you know, over those few years, I've probably written with like the handful of songs I've written before that, uh, like it, it's over 500, I guess, which yeah. means like a lot of them are horrible, horrible songs. And a lot of them are highly <laughs> mediocre, but like, you know, songwriting, when you're getting started out anyways, is a numbers game. Like the more that you do it, the better you get. For and sure. like, 
at the start, you can read you all, reading all those books helps, and like taking those classes and going to conferences helps a lot. But once you build up the fundamental knowledge, all you can really do to move the needle is write more songs. So mm-hmm. something I try and do a lot, and just you know looked back a couple years later and was like, wow, that's like there's like over five hundred in the cat in the catalog here. Wow. So which it's pretty cool. That's, that's awesome. Crazy. So I'm guessing you don't like um, struggle from like writer's block at all. Well, no. There's there's days where it comes uh easy and there's days where it comes very difficult Uh and the important thing is that you sit down either way and that you you know i heard a quote a few years ago if you wait for inspiration to write you're not a writer you're a waiter (laughs) that's very good it's very pretty profound quote like you know can be taken very literally yeah yeah Yeah. um and like when you're writing by yourself it's a lot harder to get through writer's block uh but like that's the thing with co-writing is that it's a lot e- like it's you can get pulled out of writer's block a lot easier by like mm-hmm. collaborating and seeing what other ideas the other person has. Mm-hmm. So you know, I find like just the more I write in general, the less I get blocked up, and the more the ideas come. Writing is like a muscle. It's you know anyone that tells you otherwise probably doesn't write very much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the more you write, the better you get at it, and the less you get stuck. It's mm-hmm. like training with sports yeah. or anything mm-hmm. like yeah. that. So yeah, you know. You get through writer's block, but you sit down and you get through it and, you know, might, you know, might not get a great song that day, but the next day you're probably going to get an okay song because you powered through, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. So when you co-write, do you go through the whole process or do you do, do you do lyrics and then they'll take it from there and do music or, or or the whole process is collaborative. Like when you co-write together, you write the lyrics, melody, um, chord progression, like the whole song mm-hmm. there's there's rare times where you'll do part of a song with somebody and then they'll finish it themselves mm-hmm. but the way i do it which is kind of rooted in the nashville precedent the nashville style which mm-hmm. is like anyone in the room gets an equal share in the song it's a collaborative project whereas in like la and sort of in the pop realm of writing they like divvy up the songwriting percentages by how much work they think you contributed to the song which oh, wow. is Brings a very different mindset. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It does. And it's very—it's almost like a kind of toxic mindset in a way. I find because like once you just worry about collaborating and less about other people taking away for you or taking your credit, like mm-hmm. that's when you get the good stuff. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's nuts. I didn't—I didn't know that. I didn't know that was the sort of LA sort of stance on on songwriters. And stuff yeah, it's it's pretty weird, and like that's why part of why I love country so much is because the whole genre and where it all comes from is rooted in collaboration and mm-hmm. wanting other people to succeed and helping other people succeed and them helping you back, which just mm-hmm. makes it a, a lot more enjoyable and B the product you get at the end is so much better. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you on that. Thank you. Have you been down to Nashville? Before? Yeah, I've been five or six times oh. and, um, it's great. Um, it's a lot of fun and you kind of need to go a few times to like find people and to establish yourself and, it's pricey though. Um, oh really? I, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, just like traveling, accommodation, mm-hmm. food, all of that. It's it's pricey and um, it's uh, a tourist city too. So it like the price is up there too, just because yeah. it's a, a and destination. It, it's growing so rapidly. There's like a hundred people that move there every day or something. Wow. Gorgeous. What? Jesus. I don't. Know if, I don't know if that's overblown or not. That's what I heard. Okay. You heard but, it here first. <laughs> you heard it here Broke first. The news. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but wow. it's it's great. But like over the past couple of years, I've really met a crew of people up here that I love writing with and I've made some progress with. And next time I go down, I want to be able to, you know, write with 
some new people and do some new things that I hadn't done there before. Cause I felt like the last couple of times I'd gone, I'd done sort of similar sort of things. So, mm-hmm. you know, but by the time I'm able to get down there with COVID and everything, it'll probably be yeah. like two or three years since my last trip. And yeah. that'll be great because it'll be a totally different trip. I feel like for mm-hmm. sure. A, compl- a completely different city. I do yeah. Skype with people from Nashville quite frequently to write though, which is nice or zoom, right? That's Which is funny because not a lot of people were doing it before uh, COVID, and now everybody's doing it. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. that was yeah. a years ahead of the curve with you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Copyrighted that. Yeah. 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 Um, so, is there is there been an artist that you've worked with that is you've just clicked with instantly, like songwriting, you know, and and you, you go back to regularly because that that magic is just so amazing. So yeah. Fantastic. There's a, yeah. there's definitely a few. Yeah. There's definitely a few. Um. Probably the most notable one. Uh, her name's Annika Cheen. And she just goes by Annika now for her artist name. But she was a lead singer of that band Leaving Thomas that I was talking to you about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and they were signed to MDM Records for a bit. Uh, they broke up last year. They're like a country group. But um, she is a girl I discovered on YouTube in like 2012. And I just like, she's probably the best singer I've ever worked with. Wow. And one of the best I've ever heard. Wow. She's literally an A-level performer. Like, she's in the 1% of performers. I think it's insane. Jeez. And of songwriters, too. And of people. Like, she's also... She's someone that I approached a few years ago in, like, 2016. This is when, right when I was discovering songwriting. Mm. I discovered uh, her band online because I was following her. And I was like, oh, my gosh. These are amazing songs. And she's an amazing performer. I need to, like, try and work with her because I was trying to find people to work with. And I went to her show... And just like, I just hope to meet her and just like, you know, I really enjoyed their music. Yeah. And I yeah. talked to her after. I was like, hey, like you were, that was a great show. I'm an artist as well. And she was like, oh, hey, like, that's great. Let's write sometime. And I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. And she just turned out to be the nicest person. And since then, she's been my main sort of collaborator in a lot of ways. Wow. And uh, she has a solo record that's coming out soon. Um, uh, and I've... I co-wrote nine songs on the record with her, which oh, wow. is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's wow. awesome. Along with some other people that I collaborate with a lot and that she does too that are just amazing. There's a, um, there's a group of pe- of three other people, which is her, her husband, Spencer, who's my producer, Spencer Cheen, mm-hmm. and a guy who lives in Nashville. His name's Chris Yerchuk. And like I write with them very frequently. We call ourselves bangers and smash. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we, you know, they're, they're just three of the most monster talents I know. But Annika is great because she's like one of the most skilled, talented people I know, but also the nicest. And I approached her out of pure professional respect out of a couple of years ago, but she's since become one of my closest, dearest friends, her yeah. and her husband. And like, I'm just so grateful for those relationships. Wow. Um, so she's probably, when people ask me, like, if there's anyone special that I collaborate with or those relationships, she's one that I like to bring up for sure. Cause she's, you know, I think she's going to do really cool things and I'm proud to be collaborating with her. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks. So tell us about your most recent release. You've got a song released, haven't you? Yeah. You just re- recently I don't drink whiskey it. anymore. So yeah, that's... Uh, tell us about the song. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that's a song that I co-wrote with Bangers and Smash, yeah, yeah. actually. I, I got it. Yeah. So the group... But yeah, the, the, the writers are telling me about Bangers and Smash. I wrote it with them. And it's the first song we actually all wrote together, which was really cool. Um, so Spencer... Um, Annika's husband, uh, he was married before Annika. He doesn't mind me telling the story because, you know, we've talked about it a lot. And I've, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've told his life story a lot of times when talking to people about this song, which is kind of funny. But he was married a couple years ago and went through a divorce. Um, it was really hard on him. Um, wasn't a good situation, but he got through it. And uh, about a year later, he gets a text from his ex-wife being like, hey, like, hope you're doing well. Um, 
I, I just discovered this new brand of whiskey that I think you'd love. And like, he hadn't talked to her in like a year and like, <laughs> you know, biggest heartbreak of his life. They were together 12 years and he was like, oh, wow. why are you sending me this? And yeah. like, he realized also like, I haven't had a drop of whiskey since like she left. Now I just drink wine. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so he comes into our like, right with this song idea. And at this, I quit drinking in December, 2017 um and i haven't drunk since and so this we will get on very well because we don't drink either oh cool that's (laughs) that's really cool because it's very rare in the music industry to find that but i completely agree with you yeah i look forward to talking about that after uh but so this song i was like wow this idea obviously resonates um so we just wrote a song basically about giving up bad habits in your life and sometimes bad habits come in a bottle or they're a drug Mm -hmm. and sometimes bad habits are those people in your life that just bring negativity and you know toxic energy into your life and sometimes you need to get rid of them and getting rid of a bad habit is universally i think one of the hardest things to do in the world but it's also one of the most rewarding Mm, so we wanted to write a song that basically encapsulating that feeling of i went through this huge struggle and it was one of the hardest things i've ever done but now i look back and you know i'm a different person and i'm better for having gone through it so Mm. long story short i guess that's what that song is about and it's probably the most meaningful song i've ever released to me and uh it's really cool. Like more than any other song I've released, I've had people reaching out being like, Hey, this resonates with me. Like, you know, I've give, I've had struggles with this before or whatever. And you know, mm-hmm. this means something to me. So it's, yeah. it's really cool. And I'm really proud of how Justin and Spencer produced it and For to have sure. it out in the world. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Sorry. Like, yeah, you're right. Addiction is, uh, it's a dangerous game. Yeah. Addiction is, you know, like I, I know a few people that have tried to give up smoking, you know, yeah. um, my mom for one, actually, like uh, she, she gave up smoking and then she got back on and then off now, but I think, I think she's off now, but yeah, she went through a hell of a time, really yeah, tough time with like, you know, smoking and stuff like that. Um, uh, my, my, my grandpa as well was like, a, like he loved, he loved gin, you know, he, he loved a, a good gin and uh, every now and again and stuff like that, you know, and it's, uh, uh, with, with my granddad actually i found i didn't actually notice it until like i got a bit older and i was like huh he's drinking he's drinking quite a lot huh okay interesting you know and uh yeah and it just it's uh it just consumes it consumes your life it really does yeah it can man it yeah. really you know if you have that kind of personality it can really take over your life and yeah. it's mm-hmm. very hard to control and mm-hmm. mad respect to both you guys for making that decision not to be drinkers yeah he hasn't had a drop in his life. Wow. <laughs> Congrats, man. Thank You're going to you. live a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> but yeah, he, he blows fire all yeah, the time, doesn't yeah, he? And yeah. eats glass. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's other things going on. But yeah. yeah. And like you mentioned, like in especially in the entertainment industry, not just in music, addiction is a huge thing. It's crazy. It just comes along with the lifestyle, which is says something about like <laughs> the industry. Yeah. We, like that should why are we doing something about that mm-hmm. it's it, yeah it's a huge huge problem in the industry like addiction is you know one of the bigger problems in the industry i'd mm-hmm. say and you know it's can really screw up people's lives and it almost screwed up mine in a big way mm-hmm. um yeah. you know i was like a a really a heavy drinker i wasn't like a blackout drunk or anything where i'd be like falling down every time but just like i was never able to control it in the way that was healthy for my lifestyle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i've had problems with mental health too like i i take medication for depression and anxiety which is Something I've been more open about recently, but, you know, because when I drank, those medications didn't work. Um, yeah, of course. And I just wasn't happy. And, uh, you know, I maybe I wasn't all the way down, but I heard an expression, um, you know, a couple of years ago that was, uh, you know, just because you don't have to ride the garbage truck all the way to the dump to realize you want to get off, you know? 
Wow. Yeah. yeah, and I was on the garbage truck. I wasn't at the dump yet, but I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, here. That's wow. awesome. No, that thank is, you. That is a, it's a, yeah, it's fantastic. And thank you for sharing that with us yeah. as well. Like, we appreciate that. You thank know? you, man. And I appreciate you guys asking me. And, uh, you know, it's something that I kept private for a long time. But, it, like, I realized that when I quit – something that was really helpful for me was like just hearing other people's stories and like the occasional Facebook post I'd see online of a guy who was like, I'm celebrating six months sobriety today. And, you know, just made me think like, wow, maybe I can do this myself too. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I got, I got no shame about it. If anyone wants to judge me for that, then (laughs) they can go kick rocks. Yeah. (laughs) It's my life. And if it can help, my story can help somebody else out. Um, then that just, you know, what better thing is there than that, mm-hmm. right? Definitely, definitely. Uh, especially yeah. for some, again, especially for someone in the industry who's like, okay, well, this guy's got what seven by the time they hear this, seven hundred songs yeah. <laughs> under his belt, and I like, I don't need to do this to to make it. I can do it on my own. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Congrats. thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. And you're just in in music. You're around alcohol constantly. Oh, we were just saying. We just watched. I'd never seen it. We just watched. Um, uh, a star is born. Oh yeah. And ben, we were, Ben was mentioning like in, in music and uh, on tour, it's, it's just all over the place all the time. Constantly. It's crazy. Constantly. Yeah. And people uh, in music are usually like sensitive people with, you know, maybe underlying mental conditions mm-hmm. because like to be a songwriter in music, like you need to be a specific type of person. And yeah. I think those types of people are way more susceptible to addiction mm-hmm. and to those kind of problems. So, mm-hmm. 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 100%. Now, is that the reason, like, so you, you mentioned actually before we started the podcast that uh, you, you teach boxing at like yeah. a boxing gym and stuff like that. Is that like uh, another sort of avenue avenue that you went down to sort of help your mental health as well? Yeah, that's 100% correct, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when I was like three or f- uh, four months sober, um, when you, when, I don't know what your experience was like giving up, uh, giving up alcohol, but with me particularly, um, there was a period which, you know, I was told is actually quite common among people who give up drinking and who drink heavily, uh, where like one month in, I felt the best I ever had in my life. Like it all left my system. I was on what they call the pink cloud. Mm-hmm. And so just feeling amazing all the time. And then what starts to happen, um, I, as it was explained to me is like alcohol suppresses like all your emotions and like a lot of things that you normally deal with. It just kind of suppresses them. And, you know, a few months in the emotions start to come up and you start to feel this anxiety and energy and you have really nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And you have the feeling of crawling out of your skin. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. And I was in a relationship at the time that was very difficult. And you know, we were, we had some problems and it was, it was tough on me. And like, this was around the time I was going through this crawling out of my skin phase and I was losing my mind. I was very like cr- crawling up the walls felt like terrible all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I need something to, to get this energy out or to like help me. And like, I saw this boxing gym and I just, it just clicked like this would be really great. And I started going there and the crawling out of my skin phase went away. And just, it was so amazing for my mental health. I had never experienced a workout like it where, you know, that feeling of catharsis at the end of it mm-hmm. or where I'd done something so physically challenging where it like left me with nothing left in the tank. But by the time I get home from the workout, I was like, I would go do that again today. That was so fun. hundred <laughs> percent. No, yeah. yeah, no, I completely agree with you. That's like, well, my, my, as I mentioned before, like my family's a very fitness family, you know, and my dad, my dad and my mom were actually like bodybuilders and stuff. Oh, so cool. we've always had, like we've always gone to the gym, we've always gone out for runs and like bike rides and stuff. So it's been a part of my family for a long time, but I completely agree with you when like you just feel like you're climbing up the wall and like you're, you're just like, you just need to sort of 
get this energy out and then you go for an unbelievable workout you're exhausted you have nothing left in the tank but after it you feel awesome it fills your tank back up it really does yeah it's like a reset button it is it really is it's fantastic yeah so so you know you're uh you're a trainer yeah at this boxing gym yeah yeah I, i started out working at the front desk there and not a whole lot of boxing experience before that, but like the guys who run the gym are like ex pros. They are very legit guys. Mm-hmm. And the way they run the studio, it's all about the fundamentals of boxing and teaching the youth actual sport. It's not just like punching to the beat or anything. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like you learn how to box when you're there. But at the same time, the workouts are accessible. And someone who's a beginner and someone who's an expert can do one of the classes and get a great workout. So I started training with them a lot over the last couple of years. And then, you know, Finally, I said I want to like teach the classes and train. So I've been training a lot with the trainers there, and uh, now I've past two months ish. I've been teaching, and it's a fantastic job. I, I love wow. working out there, and I love working there. So it's that's, awesome. That's fantastic. Cool. So what, what, what would you say is like the hardest part um, to learn? Was it like the sort of technique and stuff like that, like the footwork or the hardest part? To, yeah, it's just like the the movements in boxing are highly complicated it's actually like golf a lot i find in really? terms of okay. like the mechanics okay. of the movement the body rotation and just in terms of how technical it is and how hard it is to get good at the sport yeah it's yeah. like golf um so like a how to do all the punches and movements separately and b figuring out how to stitch them all together uh-huh. and uh uh-huh. just know how to use what when i guess it's like a I it's see. like a mental game as well for sure um and then sparring is a whole different ball game too once you get into that like that's just another oh yeah for sure yeah you think yeah. you can box until you spar somebody and you're like because yeah, <laughs> yeah. punching bags don't punch back yeah yeah, yeah. that's exactly. the hardest part learning to take a hit yeah exactly yeah. yeah 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 i've seen these videos of these crazy like um boxers and they're doing like these like speedball workouts yeah. and stuff like that like it's nuts you know like they're doing like three and then they're doing two and then they're doing one with like two hands and stuff it's awesome i don't Super remember cool. his name but my family and i used to go to kimber bc a lot for family vacations when i was little and uh there was a an ex-boxer who moved to kimberly bc and i don't remember his name but he opened a pizza shop and like every 20 minutes he'd come out and he'd do like a demo on the bag like you'd be eating your pizza and he's just beating the crap out of this bag and it's just he's going at it it was really cool he was the friendliest guy too he's like you like that kid (laughs) it was awesome give me a slice of your pizza yeah pretty pretty much he was so funny it was it was great but yeah it's it was pretty cool it's funny boxers are often like martial artists or a lot of them are really nice people because Mm -hmm. like they just have that confidence of Mm -hmm. like they're not doing because those are they're those aggressive alpha alpha type people it's more just like they have the confidence they know they can hold their own it's like they have no need for aggression or Mm -hmm. like you know they're just comfortable with themselves yeah he was a big goof like he was the friendliest guy (laughs) night just beefed up yeah you just would never here's a pizza (laughs) (laughs) made your cheese pizza (laughs) (laughs) now now i'm gonna hit very interesting concept for a restaurant for sure yeah it was great (laughs) yeah it was funny all right make sure you tip your waiters yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah sweet wow um so also in your in your bio actually that was, this wasn't mentioned in your bio but you've raised over five thousand dollars for canadian mental health so i did yeah man. that's fantastic that's really really awesome thank you i appreciate that a lot so that was that was last year i was collaborating with them yeah. um it was part of a, a contest i was in called project wild which i'm sure you guys have heard of mm-hmm. um it's a radio station contest where 12 artists from around the province compete uh for money do all these challenges and you know, learn all these things. It's an amazing program. I was lucky to be a part of it. But one part of the program, one of the challenges was uh, to do a charity collaboration. And uh, 
you know, mental health has been a significant issue for me my whole life, uh, especially with the, the alcohol thing. And, you know, it's a charity where I was like, I've been so personally affected by this. I would love to be able to give back. And working with them was amazing because like everybody I met in that charity had some kind of experience with mental health or some kind of issue that they'd overcome themselves. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it just like, I felt like a part of their community immediately. It was amazing. And, uh, I asked them, so what can I do for you? Like, how can I use my skill set to help you out? And they said, well, you can write us a song that we can use in our campaign. That'd be amazing. So I wrote a song called I will carry you with Annika and Chris two of the three of bangers and smash. Nice. And, uh, it's a song about, um, it's a conversation between somebody who's struggling and somebody who's in recovery, uh, who's already sort of like gotten out of that dark place saying basically like, I know where you are right now. I understand. And I can help you out of it. And you're not alone. Cause mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when you're in that dark place, it's all the world, all the difference in the world to hear somebody say that to you. So mm-hmm. we wrote that and it was, it was really cool. We released it and, uh, we held a, an event with the Canadian mental health association at the Ironwood, uh, which was a songwriters round, um, which we raised a bunch of money there and all the proceeds from the song for the first month went to the Canadian mental health association as well. So, wow. uh, with those two things, we raised around five grand. So that is fantastic. That's man. amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's I was, really, really I was really great. proud of that. And you know, I, I love that association and hope to work with them again soon. Yeah, cool. definitely man. hundred percent. Um, right. We've talked a lot. We have. Yeah. Probably we, should hear some tunes. Yeah. But before we go, where can we find you on social media mm-hmm. yeah, right. and online? <laughs> uh, so uh, my Instagram is Aaron Pollock Music. By the way, my name's spelled A-A-R-O-N-P-O-L-L-O-C-K. So it's Aaron Pollock Music uh, on Instagram, A Pollock Music on Twitter, Aaron Pollock Music on Facebook, and my website is www.aaronpollock.ca. So simple. Yeah, just Google me or look me up on any of those platforms. You can find what I'm up to. Awesome. Are you on TikTok? No. Well... I not yet. I I, I I have my username. Uh, I've like gotten that, but I haven't started putting anything up yet. But I I've been thinking about it. Follow we'll, him on TikTok. We'll follow each other. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I need some inspiration on how to like navigate that platform. It's what to do. so hard. Yeah. So hard. Well, really? Uh, Why is yeah. it hard? Why is it? It's just you. You've got to have the right thing to get people to watch your content. Yeah. It's it's. I really one aspect I really appreciate about TikTok in comparison with the other platforms is that like there's a ton of creativity that goes into like posting and it's not just like this vain kind of self-indulgent stuff which is still on there but Mm -hmm. like yeah all the popular stuff is like actually like pretty well thought out and entertaining Mm -hmm. yeah for 30 seconds the amount of work that that goes into this video for 30 seconds is nuts which i take my hat off to them because it don't touch me (laughs) it's awesome (laughs) we'll we'll follow each other that'd be yeah that'd be great we'll be we'll be tiktok friends tiktok Pals, TikTok. Yeah, pals. I was, I would try, I would try to find, think, think of a rhyme, but no, TikTok twins. TikTok twins. That's why, that's, Aaron, yeah, you're the why, songwriter. Yeah, that's why you're the songwriter. And I'm <sighs> Damn, the this guy. Oh, <laughs> TikTok twins, new tune. We should also mention that this episode is brought to you by the lovely people, at Cornerstone Music Cafe. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Cornerstone. Thank you very much for sponsoring this podcast. This one right here. Now let's hear some tunes. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I've had a great time so far. Thank you. Sure, we. Thank you.